0: Detroit basketball, choo-choo, choo-choo, Ivy, back to Cunningham, into the middle, Duran with the flush, and the Pistons take a four-point lead with two minutes left in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> fever dream, you just had a fever dream, get yourself an ice pack, chicken noodle soup, and a little emergency. I that's uh, that's the coldest open this show's ever seen. I don't know. I'll be honest. I didn't listen to a ton of radio in the nineteen sixties, seventies, eighties, or nineties, or two thousands, even for that matter, or twenty tens. Um, I just never really have listened to much radio. I've listened to some podcasts in my time. That had to be the coldest open in the history of the spoken and recorded word, guys. Where's Galileo when you need him? Where's Prometheus? Or one of those guys, one of those Greek guys. Where's them when you need them? Write that up in a tablet somewhere, dude. Put that in some ancient temple. like. And then this one time Nick Bradley opened the show talking about the Pistons with an unbelievable Eastern Conference Finals Game 7 mimic call and then right into the show. It doesn't get better. Howard Stern, Bill Simmons, love you to death, doesn't get better. I don't hear Bill Simmons doing that stuff. One of a kind. We're back, folks. It's the Detroiter. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We're covering sports, Motor City, Minton State, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Presented by The Second String, secondstring.com. You know the deal. You know what it is. If you've been here for a while, you know exactly what it is, who I am, and what it is we do here. Quick little episode today. Quick little episode. Recording this Friday afternoon. Um, I think I'm going to drop it Sunday night. So if you're, you know, you go into bed Sunday or you're just hanging out, you got it Sunday night if you want. Monday morning for the drive. I think I'm going to drop it Sunday. It's going to be a quick episode. Um, I'm headed over by the airport, actually, in the next, like, 30 minutes to pick a couple of pals up. Um, So we're going to make it quick. There's not a whole lot to touch Uh, this past week or the the last episode on, like, I think Wednesday or, or Thursday, the previous episode to this. We dove in on the wings, talked about the free agency moves. We talked about how it's time to win again. We talked about how Steve Eiserman's fucking beach ball nutsack is now on the table for every NHL GM to see talked about how guys like Dylan Larkin, who have just like, you talk about the trenches, Doug, you talk about down bad. This guy has been down astronomical since the day he entered the league. Imagine getting drafted by your hometown team And that hometown team is one of the most storied franchises in its league, right? Original six, many Stanley Cups, legends upon legends. You look up in the rafters at LCA when the Wings are playing, there's like 15 jerseys up there, I swear to God. Banners for days. It's an expectation. I mean, the place is called Hockey Town. Imagine getting drafted to that franchise. At the point he got drafted, I think we had made the playoffs 24 years in a row because I think his rookie year was the end of the streak. Imagine getting drafted and you're like, holy shit, dude. I'm going to play with Henrik Zetterberg. I get to play with the Red Wings. I grew up watching these guys. They've been good my entire life. We make the playoffs every year. This is going to be awesome. And then after your rookie year, Hank retires and you miss the playoffs. What's he been in the league now? Six years? Seven years? You miss the playoffs. And not only do you miss the playoffs, you're actually one of the worst teams in the NHL every single year of your career after that rookie year. Think about that think about that the toll that that must take cuz look Dylan Larkin's he's always been a good player he struggled with the injuries um was unreal last year obviously fucking shouted from the mountains. he's not a he's not a first line center suck it dude suck it again in case you missed the first one he is a first line center he's electric get him a couple guys with brains to play alongside him and the guy will produce dude um But imagine the joy he feels like he probably got to the point. He's coming up on free agency where he's going like, it'd be cool to win eventually. You know, I've been in Detroit six years, seven years. Like, I don't know. It'd be fine to just sniff 500. Like it'd be cool if in March it was like, oh, the team Dylan Larkin's on might make the playoffs this year. They have a chance at least. I imagine those thoughts go through his head, but he doesn't want to leave the hometown, right? It's kind of like a Goldilocks zone. In which he got drafted, it's like the perfect situation. Everything except the winning was there. And finally, Steve Eiserman said, Dylan, the cavalry's coming, pal. Hold on, you don't need to eat your horses just yet, right? You don't need to cut off your foot because of the hypothermia just yet. Right. You don't need to stab yourself because you're dying from gangrene just yet. Help is on the way. Reinforcements are coming. Hang tough, pal. Hang tough. One more year. Maybe we're going to get you some help. We're going to get near the playoffs. We're going to breathe some life back into you, Captain. And that's what they did. It's a beautiful time for the Wings. It really is. Steve Eisenman, let everybody know. Um while the rebuild may still occur a little bit, right? I'm not guaranteeing the Red Wings make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win a playoff series. They certainly aren't in a position to go after a Stanley Cup or anything like that. I'll tell you this, they're more but they're more well off than they've been 7 years since my freshman year at MSU. I started at Michigan State in 2015. They have the best team, they have the best situation, the most likelihood of making a playoff run this year than they have for 7. For Dylan Larkin's entire career, this is the best team he's ever been on. Think about that for a second. We talked all about it. We got into it. We pumped the tires. Rah, rah, cheer me on. Everybody's great. Eiserman's great. Larkin's great. Red Wings are great. Did that this week. Talked a little bit about my dad's birthday party at Boogie Fever (laughs) in Ferndale. That was a treat. But today we're going to do a quick one. Um, We're going to just talk a little bit of Pistons, right? Summer League is winding down. Ivy and Durin just didn't even play that much. I think they each played two games, and Ivy rolled his ankle in the second one. Maybe they played three, and Ivy rolled his ankle in the third, but they've been sat the last one that they played. I think stones are kind of like, all right, we don't need to. Like Jaden Ivy, Jalen Duran. <coughs> excuse me, guys. Thank you for everyone who said bless you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Good people. Um, Jaden Ivy, Jalen Duran. Like they're gonna be on the team. So Troy Weaver and Co., let's shut them down. We don't need any more twisted ankles. We don't need to risk anything. Sadiq's not playing. Cade's not playing. Killian, nobody, just nobody play. We're good, which I don't mind. But we did catch a glimpse of what those two young men are going to look like. And I'll tell you this, Jalen Duran. we'll start with him. When the Pistons made that trade and acquired him, I was psyched up because I'll tell you this. I didn't watch a ton of Memphis. I'm not psyched up because I watched this kid dominate the fucking GLIAC or whatever it is that they're in. I was psyched up because I remember when Jalen Duran was coming out of high school and it was like, look out for this Shaq. Look out for baby Shaq. Look out for this guy who's a more of a man child than every other high school are put together this year. I think it was the Amani class where that's all anybody was talking about. Oh, he's Kevin Durant. Oh man, he you know, he's gonna be the first overall pick. This guy, Kevin, he's 6'10 and can move and can shoot. Jalen Duran is what I heard. This guy's an animal. This guy works. This guy has fucking nothing but muscle on his body. He is a goddamn savage. I remember hearing about Jalen Duran, And wouldn't you know it, the Pistons get their hands on him. Now, the trade, I think they acquired him from Charlotte to clear up space for whatever Charlotte was going to do. Probably try and resign Miles at the time. RIP to that. Hate to see it, Miles. Um, or it was the Knicks to clear space for Brunson. One of the two. Someone kind of, one of those teams, I can't remember off the top of my head, just gave us Duran for money. Just take some of our money. That's all. Clear a little bit of cap for us. You can have Jalen Duran. That's free, bro. This guy is gonna be an animal. The guy, look at him. He's what is he? 18 years old. He is built like I don't even know what, dude. He's built like LeBron if LeBron was 6'10. He's a fucking freakish-looking person. He's a freakish look. He looks like if you shot him with a gun, it would just stop. Like it it wouldn't even penetrate his skin. That's what he looks like. It looks like if you shot him with a bazooka, the thing would just bounce off him and redirect into the wall. Like he looks like there's something wrong with him in a good way. He looks like the Russians got their hands on a black dude in the 1980s and were like, let's fucking create the most insane human being we've ever seen. Let's create a literal super soldier. It's like He looks like a test tube experiment. The guy's, he's 18 years old. Do you know what I looked like when I was 18? My fucking football coach was going, yeah, dude, you should eat a peanut butter jelly once an hour to just try and gain a little weight. That guy's 18. You imagine me trying to play basketball against that guy? I'm 25 now. I play basketball against them. Why don't you just let him punch me in the face instead? That might be better for everybody. I'm excited about Durant. I think he's going to be a good piece. Now, that all said, I don't think he's like, we didn't get Chet, right? We didn't get Paolo. We didn't get a guy who's going to come in and be game-changing franchise guy necessarily no but i think we did get a guy who's upside could be a starter certainly a productive bench player i mean if he does if he ever learns to shoot he'll be a problem that's the flaw in his game now he can't space the floor but listen not everyone can space the floor you don't need everyone to space the floor rudy gobert just hauled in like seven first round picks the guy can't move six feet away from the basket think about that for a second We don't need Jalen Durant to be Rudy Gobert, and I'm not saying he even will be if I wanted him to in my wildest dreams, but I do think he'll be a guy who will go body to body with anyone in the NBA. I think he'll be a guy who can get rebounds with anybody in the NBA. I think he'll be a guy who can fucking back you under the basket. I don't care who you are. Maybe Giannis. Maybe Giannis is the exception. Rudy Gobert, Jalen Durant's too thick, dog. Jalen Duren has too low of a center of gravity, bro. Jalen Duren wants it worse than you do, Rudy. I think Jalen Durin's going to be a good player. And I think his upside is like a good starter, which is fucking great. He was the 13th pick, something like that. We got him for taking on 4 or $5 million of a contract. Yes, Troy Weaver. Yes, Troy Weaver. Yes, Troy Weaver. Every single day of the week and twice on draft night, Troy Weaver. Yes, Troy. I love Duren. But the star of the show in Vegas, Jaden Ivey, might be better than I thought he was. I don't know how. I watched Jaden Ivey the last two years. Obviously, being an MSU guy, you see it right here. I watched a good amount of Purdue, and in those years, Jaden Ivey was there. He was the guy. Give the ball to Jaden. Clear out. Let him run in transition. Let him step back. Let him create. Whatever. Give the ball to Jaden. Everyone else, fucking, go sit on the bench. Guy was a beast. Guy was a beast. Similar to Durin. like you saw him walk on the floor and it was like, oh, he's like different than everybody else who gets to play in this game. Like, why is this guy fucking jacked? Why is this Jaden Ivy guy? Why does he run like the wind? But he looks like a freight train. He's in college. I Like Cassius Winston. God bless him. Cassius Winston. Unreal college basketball player. Maybe, maybe the most dominant player I've seen. One of for sure. Absolutely. At MSU cash is Winston bro cash is Winston looked like he popped out of geometry class and showed up to the game cash is Winston looked like he was fucking getting off a school bus showing up to the Breslin center and he was cooking kids Jaden Ivey looked like he just got back from the NFL combine in which they were grading him out as a first round wide receiver and he goes I'll play a basketball game sure I'm still not tired that's what Jaden Ivey looks like and he was on display in the G League, you saw him and Duran hooking up for a couple lobs. You saw him doing what he does best. And what I think is going to make the backcourt with Kate explode, which is his ability to run. That guy gets the ball at half court, legitimately dribbles it once, and it's a dunk. Fucking for real. That guy gets the ball under his own basket. And quicker than the tooth fairy leaves a quarter underneath your pillow, he's at the other end either hitting someone for a wide-open three or putting it in the hoop himself. Like, the guy in transition is electrifying, electrifying. And he was electric with it in college. That's the thing. You saw him. The moment Jaden Ivey, like, even if you didn't buy into the hype, you're like, "Ah, I don't know about this Ivey. Yeah, I hear all about him at Purdue. He's an NBA draft pick. I don't know. You watch him play a game at Purdue. You watch him get out in transition once in which he's in a dead sprint and other division one big 10 college athletes are either backpedaling or sprinting back. trying to catch up with trying to catch with him. And it's, oh, why are those guys fucking running with cinder blocks and backpacks? Why are they not even trying to catch? Oh, he's just that much faster. Oh, OK. Oh, all right. He runs a four zero forty. And he's dribbling. Oh, okay, that seems good. That seems like an NBA team could use it. And it's the perfect compliment to Cade. Because what makes Cade great? It's not that he can get baseline to baseline in two seconds. It's not that he can explode from the free throw line and lay it in. Right. It's not that he takes one dribble from half court and it's either a wide open three or a layup. It's not his athleticism. It's not his transition game. It's not his explosiveness. None of that. What makes Cade great is he's methodical. He knows where everyone is going to be at all times. He knows who is going to be open before they're even open. He knows where the shots are. He knows everything about basketball. He's lanky as fuck. He's strong. He knows how to use his body to open himself up. He can dribble. He can shoot. He's an unbelievable passer. Cade is Cade's excellent at every single thing about basketball except for being fast except for jumping super high and except for being extremely explosive. Now, he's not bad at those. He still throws down a reverse yam on you. He'll still beat you with his first step. No juke, just I'm quicker than you. No doubt. He's lanky. He's strong. He'll get in your face. He'll block a shot. Like, he still has physical attributes. Don't make that mistake. But it's not why he was the number one pick. It's not why he's the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone because his IQ is on a trillion. He's the cornerstone because he's Oklahoma State Luka Doncic. He knows every single position, every player on the court on both teams will be in at all times. He can make the open three. He'll make the mid-range. He'll make the layup. He'll dish it down low to the big. He'll kick it out for the three. He can. He just does everything in basketball. He does everything you want a point guard to be, and he happens to be 6'9 and chew. Yeah, oh, that's not bad. Jaden Ivy's strengths, Jaden Ivey, what he's excellent at, are all of those things that Kate has not Taking the ball from the three-point line to the hoop before the defense can get over running down a court before anybody can even fucking blink, right? Taking taking a long rebound from his own basket, pushing it up the floor before more than one man can get back and it's either a wide open shot or he takes it himself. Jaden Ivey excels at being more athletic than whoever's guarding him. Jaden Ivey excels at there's 15 feet of open court in front of him. Fucking forget about it. It's two points for the Detroit Pistons. Jaden Ivey excels at, oh, you think you're on him. And then he takes off and just ew, yunks one on your fucking forehead. That's where Jaden Ivey excels. And again, he's not bad at the other stuff. Jaden Ivey can pass. Jaden Ivey can stroke the three. We saw him hit a little uh, he- <clears throat> little step back. We saw him do some of that shit. He'll work the two-man game, little pick and roll, fucking pump fake, feed it underneath to the big fella. Jaden Ivey will make plays too. He'll kick you, out, kick it out to you in the corner if you're open. He can do point guard things. But the beauty of him and the beauty of pairing him with Cade and the fact, like, what makes it such a blessing that those rinky-dinks in Sacramento, Keegan Murray might be great, but those rinky-dinks in Sacramento passed on Jaden Ivey and let him fall to Detroit. The fucking, the Michelangelo, the Sistine, the Sistine Chapel aspect of it that, that is invaluable is how well him and Kate are going to pair together. Each one's strengths is the other one's quote-unquote weakness. They will complement each other perfectly. Jaden Ivey doesn't need to have the ball always to be a fucking game changer. That's the beauty of it. You look at point guards not only in the NBA in college, 95% of those guys, guards in general, 95% of those guys, if they're these draft pick type dudes like big time fucking lottery picks, 95% of those guys, maybe even like 98, 99% of those guys – They need to have the ball to do what they're there to do. They need to have the ball so they can shoot, so they can drive, so they can pass 99%. What happens when you put that guy with a second dude who's of the same mold, who needs the ball to shoot, who needs the ball to drive, who needs the ball to make plays? We saw it with Killian and Cade. I'd rather have Cade handle it, right? I think most people would. You should. If you want to win, you should want Cade to handle it. But what becomes the issue Killian isn't going to catch it and shoot it. Killian isn't going to cut to the basket and beat his man. Killian isn't burning everybody down the floor after an outlet pass. Like Killian didn't have the supplemental traits to go along with a primary primary ball handler. And there will be times where Jaden Ivey's out there without Cade or Jaden Ivey's out there with Cade and Jaden is the primary ball handler because the beauty of it is Cade can play off ball too. But Jaden Ivey, he can cut to the basket. You fucking fall asleep for a quarter second, he's behind you, backdoor, layup. Kate hits him. You fall asleep, getting back on defense, he's behind you, pass over, top, catch, layup, easy two. He gets a long rebound, boop, boop, two dribbles, he's at the hoop. You're too slow. Jaden Ivey doesn't need to have the ball. Jaden Ivey doesn't need to carry it over half court and get a pick and roll four different times before he makes a pass or decides to shoot. No. No, Jaden Ivey, he'll stand in the corner, he'll make one cut, he'll get open, he'll pop a mid-range jump shot. Jaden Ivey, he'll come off a screen, he'll pump fake, he'll take a drive, feed the big, boom. He doesn't need to sit there with the ball. He's not Russell Westbrook. He's not James Harden. He's not one of those guys. And Cade's not either. They're going to pair so fucking perfectly with each other. Jaden Ivey being the athletic guard, being the explosive wing, guy smaller than him's on him, fucking – Hit the pose, Jaden. Just back this dude down. You're a freak. You're built like an NFL player. Go sit on the block. Kale throw it to you. Back him down. Lay it up. I think it's going to be perfect. And they put on a little bit of a show. He had 26 and six, one of the gays hitting, hitting, uh, step back three, scoring in transition, feeding, during, alley, oops, laying it up himself. There was one. He looked like prime fucking Dwayne Wade, dude. At the top of the key, one dribble left, the, uh, the hedge comes. He just dribbles through the double, splits it e- easily, grabs his, Uh, grabs the dribble, two steps, layup, no chance. And one defense doesn't stand a chance. He's lightning with it. He's lightning with it. And that's a thing the Pistons have missed because Isaiah Stewart, he's not necessarily lightning. Sadiq Bay. The reason that Sadiq's great isn't because he's super quick, isn't because he's great at getting into the lane. Sadiq's nasty because he's a big body. He's got a bag in the post and he makes threes. That's why Sadiq's nasty. Cade isn't Cade because he he gets into the lane before anybody. Cade isn't Cade because he's splitting doubles, taking a step and yamming for the foul. Like Cade's great, like we mentioned, because of his playmaking, because of his shooting, because of his his ability to be methodical and still get to his spots. Killian, same deal. Killian didn't get taken where he was because he's fast, he's getting in the lane, he's fucking vintage lane late. We don't have a guy like that. We don't have a guard with that level of explosiveness who just makes things appear out of nowhere who takes one dribble, next thing you know, there's a guy wide open in the corner, and oh yeah, he's right underneath the hoop. We don't have a guy like that. Now we got Jaden Ivey. He is going to be that guy. I'm fucking fired up, dude. I'm fired up. Saw some of those uh, summer league highlights. Saw some of the Jaden Ivey highlights. Reading, listening to people talk about the way Jaden Ivey was playing out there. Already kind of coercing with Jalen Duran. Already using his athleticism. Because remember now, those summer league games, he's not playing the fucking fourth man on Indiana's bench. No, he's playing draft picks, dude. He's playing first and second year NBA guys. He's playing the best of the best of the best for his age group. And he was still torching their asses. He was still torching their asses. Because that's the other thing. The way he plays, getting into the lane, going at the rim, being faster than you, blowing by you. Those college rules did him no favors. NBA a little bit more spread out. You can't just camp in the paint. The bigs in the NBA can move away from the rim a little bit, give them a little bit more space. <laughs> that guy's going to feast. It's the same shit with Miles Bridges, RIP. It's the same shit. At state, people are like, I don't know, man. He kind of just shoots and catches L U. alley Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, bro, because the paint's clogged 24-7. You get him to the league, you don't have seven-footers standing under the rim the whole game. What do you know? Now he averages 18 points a game with a few rebounds and a few assists. What do you know? I think Jaden is going to have a similar thing. I think the openness of the league, um, the rules in which you can't stay in the paint are going to benefit him. I think his speed and getting out of the college system where I think this probably hindered Miles a little bit as well, where it's like, hey, Miles, you still play for Tom Izzo. You still play at MSU. Jaden, you still play for Matt Painter. You're still at Purdue. There's other good players on the team. You can't just like, Fucking do whatever you want. All the time, run the plays, run the sets. NBA, half the time, bro, you are open, fucking go. You're, dude, you you don't think the guy on you can guard you? Okay, go, bro. No one's going to complain. You got a step, do it. Fucking go. You know what? It's fine, bro. We're going to score 100. We're going to score 100 points every time we play. Go. You have an open shot? Take it. No one's going to yell at you, dude. This isn't college. You have a man. You're the judge of your potential. You got a guy beat? Go. You got an open shot? Take it. You got a lane to the rim. Fucking get in there, baby. I think it's going to benefit Jaden tenfold. Obviously, playing with an elite playmaker like Cade Cunningham, I mean, that would make the fucking bench better, right? That would make a, a sour uh, grape play better basketball. Um, playing with NBA bigs like Beef Stew, Jalen Duran, that will make you better. Playing with wings like Sadiq Bay, that will make you better. Like. He's just going to be better. Jaden Ivey is going to blossom at this level, I, I really believe. And the best part is, is how refreshing it is that like the Pistons are kind of cool. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? I mean, it was sick last year when they got Cade, but the Detroit Pistons are kind of cool, dude. The Detroit Pistons have some cool players. Like, it's fucked up that I'm saying this. The only time the Detroit Pistons have cool players is because the owner wants to sell, like, 400 more tickets that year. So he brings in a guy that was a superstar 12 years ago and sells a few jerseys and goes, Blake Griffin's here, guys. Allen Iverson's here, everybody. Tracy McGrady's here. Detroit, let's go. Detroit basketball. That's the Pistons being cool. The Pistons are, like, real cool now. Cade Cunningham. Jaden Ivey. Jalen Durant, <clears throat> Sadiq Bay, the Pistons are for real cool. We got young and exciting guys, not only exciting, not only young, promising guys that were good last year. Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, and if all goes well, are only going to get better. You got a guy like Jaden Ivey who, by all looks of it, is going to come right in, fucking catch that stream, baby, like that. Who's the turtle from Finding Nemo? What's that thing called? The tube of water they go in? The Sydney Channel? It's a beautiful thing. It's like weird, to be honest with you. It's weird, dude. The Pistons haven't been a sweet team since I was in elementary school. Are you fucking serious? Since I was in elementary school, the Pistons haven't been cool. People in LA and California here never said a peep about the Pistons for 13 straight years. I bet you this year, Pistons will be on ESPN a few times. I bet you that. I bet you people in California, basketball fans, will be like, hey, how about Detroit? They got Cade. They got that Ivy. Sadiq Bay looks good. How about that? I bet Bill Simmons will be going, I kind of like the Pistons. They're my NBA league pass team. It's a refreshing feeling, dude. And whatever happens this season, hopefully it's better. Hopefully they're not vying for the number one pick again, although that might be for the best. It's unreal that the Detroit Pistons, a brand, a franchise, a city that should have excellent basketball, that should have excitement around the team, that has a culture of being a basketball city. It's incredible that for the first time in like 13 years, 14 years, the Detroit Pistons are exciting, and it isn't because of the draft picks they have. It isn't because of the washed-up superstar they have. It's because of the 19, 20, 21, 22-year-olds they have and what their future is projecting like. That's fucking electric. Jaden Ivy, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Duren, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart. It's a good time. It's a good time. That's all I got today, folks. I appreciate everybody listening. Like I said, I think this will come out Sunday. We'll do um second episode this week. It'll probably be Wednesday or Thursday, so st- stay tuned for that. We might talk a little football. We'll do a little bit uh, more of a recap on my trip back to Michigan, so tune in. Talking about the life stuff and not just the sports is always fun, so – Check it out. Stay around. Fucking join the, join the community here. We're building something special. We are. You can believe that. You can believe that. I got some plans. So hope you had a good weekend. Have a great week. Get off to a good start. Let's crush it this week, right? I believe in you. Let's put in that work. Let's chase some goals. Most importantly, though, have fun. I'll see you guys next week or later this week.